0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning, church. How great is it to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Now, hopefully we're going to have a bit of fun this morning. I i got to tell myself that a bit too. But we're going to have some fun this morning. Now, I want to welcome you. I want to extend the welcome if you're visiting with us this morning or if it's the first, one of the first weeks that you're with us. And I just want to encourage you, um, as Pastor Mel mentioned earlier, that we have our uh, Next Steps program that runs every week during the 9 a.m. service. And it's a great way to get to know about the church, get to know about who we are, what we do, and the teams that we have. And next week, just a plug for next week, we have the uh, Make C3 Your Home and that will be all about our values, our vision and our culture. So that's a great uh, thing to get along to if you're new and you want to find out more. And also, I'm going to plug youth because youth is always lots of fun on a Friday night. If you want to help out on the youth team, let me know. It'll be great. But this morning I have the privilege of wrapping up. Thank you for the claps at the back. I have the privilege for, of wrapping up our series on prayer pray until. And so far we've heard Pastor Paul uh, preach on prayer and fasting, how good it is and how much it unlocks in our lives. And then we had Pastor Mel um, encourage us to make prayer our first resort, not our last resort, but our first resort. And last week she again encouraged us to keep praying and keep being encouraged and filled with hope even when our prayers haven't been answered yet. But this morning I want to take us one step further on our, prayer, on our prayer journey and I want to ask you a question. Have you ever prayed bold prayer in your life? See, I, I don't know, maybe you were in a situation where the outcome seemed sort of out of reach and you knew that you really needed God to be able to get through whatever it was. Or maybe you needed an answer to a decision so that you could know the way forward. Or maybe you just really wanted something to happen and you truly believed that God could do it and so you prayed a bold, faith-filled prayer. So to wrap up this series, I want to continue looking at prayer and look at bold prayer because I truly believe that when we pray big, bold prayers, we can unlock things in our lives and in those of the lives around us. But obviously, there are lots of stories of bold prayer in the Bible but the one that really inspired my message today comes from 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'll set the scene a little bit. We've got we've got the prophet Elijah, and he is going to pray one of the boldest prayers in the Bible. Now, I love Elijah. I think he's one of the best characters in the Bible. He's a bit sassy. He's a bit moody. He's a bit of brood. He's got a bit of brood about him. And I think he gets caught up in the moment sometimes, gets a bit stuck up in his feelings and they can guide him a little bit. But here we're going to see a little bit of that come out. And we pick up the story with Elijah returning to the land of Israel, back to Samaria, where the Lord's prophets are being killed all around in an attempt to please the fake God of Baal. And so Elijah is now the only prophet of the Lord left. So he returns to Samaria, and he, is, he wants to bring back the rain to Israel, who's been suffering a, a drought that's been going on for many years, And so he he also wants to turn the people's hearts back to the Lord. So he sets up a challenge. He gets the 450 prophets of Baal, and he puts them on one corner. And then he he gets himself in the other corner, and both sides build an altar and put a bull on top. And then he says to them, Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of my God, the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So the prophets of Baal start. He lets them go first, obviously, naturally. And they start praying to Baal. In verse 26, it says, They called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. Baal, answer us, they cried. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar that they had made. It's a pretty long dance. And at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. His sassy side comes out. Shout louder, he says. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Surely this will get them awake. Surely this will get them out of their deep thought. But still, nothing happens, and so it's Elijah's turn. Now, Elijah, being a bit, you know, bold character he decides that he's going to up the game a little bit more. He's already, he's already sassed the prophets of Baal. He's already rubbed salt in the wound that they couldn't do it. But now he decides to add 12 stones to the altar, and then he digs a trench around it and covers the whole thing with water, so much so that the trench is filled with water. In case his situation didn't already require bold prayer, he's ju- just up the game. He's an unwanted prophet in an unwelcoming land, and he's challenging the king, where the result of failure would be a, surely be death. But he's just decreased his probability of success even further, so he prays. In verse 36, at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am. I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. My goodness, what an answer to prayer. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. What a bold, faith-filled prayer. The stakes were high, but his faith was higher. This morning, church, we're going to explore what faith-filled, bold prayer can do in our lives. We're going to see what we can unlock and unleash. But first, I want you to pray with me this morning. Lord God, I pray that you, you'll be blessing us as a church. Lord, I pray that we will be filled with faith, and Lord God that we will step forth and pray bold prayers into the, into our lives and those of the lives around us. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. I remember that I've prayed one big bold prayer that really comes to mind when I think of this. I'm going to set the scene. It's summer 2008. School holidays. I'm 12 full of wisdom and of course the cricket is on. It's Australia versus India, day five of the Sydney test, what's been a bit of a boring test so far, it's coming down to the wire and it looks like India is going to come away with a draw because our bowlers just couldn't get any wickets. It's a frustrating day of play. There's two overs left and Michael Clark, the batsman, steps forward, ready to bowl his second over of the day. Ricky Ponting's only just brought him on. With his second ball I think of the over, he gets a wicket that breaks the eighth wicket partnership. They've been they've been keeping the bowlers out all day. Finally, we have our chance. We have the breakthrough. Victory is in sight. There's still 10 balls left. We can get the last two wickets. The very next ball, he gets another wicket. He's on a hat-trick. <laughs> Wonders will never cease to amaze. Here he is, a batsman with beautiful hair, up bowling, showing the bowlers how to do it. And so I'll tell you the truth. I sat there on my couch and I cried out to the Lord. In this moment of great need, I said, God, if you truly are the creator of the universe, if you are who you say you are, you will let us win this match. And if you do, I'll believe in you forever. I will never doubt who you are. And I prayed that prayer in my heart. Actually, I said it out loud. I'm not, like, not kidding. I laid it all on the line. Because clearly if we didn't win, God wasn't real. And if he wasn't real, he wasn't going to get to have me. So he had to choose. He had to, he had to front up. Two balls later, victory. Michael Clark, yes. The man known for his batting. Got his third wicket. And won the match. He had three wickets in an over and we won. There was one over left of the day's play. My bold prayer had been answered. I laid it on the line, but he came through. (laughs) Today I want to explore a few more serious stories in the Bible. Just like the one we read about Elijah, where people pray bold prayer that is answered. And I believe that there are things that we can unleash in our own lives, that we can take away and that we can apply. Our first story comes from 2 Kings chapter 6. Israel is at war with King Aram, and Elisha, not Elijah, has been informing the king of Israel where the Aramaeans were lying in wait. Time and again, he tells the king of Israel which places to avoid, so much so that King Aram is suspecting all his officers. He's accusing them of being Israelite spies, but they know the truth. They've heard that there is a prophet named Elisha who is telling the Israeli king, everything that King Aram says in his bedroom. So King Aram, he wants to get this guy. So in verse 13, it says, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up, he gets the fright of his life. He went out early the next morning and an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord. What shall we do? The servant asked. And Elisha replies, pretty strange reply. He says, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. See, through bold prayer, we can start to see things the way God sees them. Elisha's servant must have been, well, scared, scared out of his brain. He looks out the window and he sees and he can hear an army readying itself to come and capture his master. What are we going to do? He cries to Elisha. And it really confused, he must have been so confused when he gets this response, don't be afraid, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Don't know if Elisha can count, but there's him and there's his servant, that makes two and there's an army outside. They've got horses and chariots and Elisha's servant must have been wondering if he needs to go and get Elisha checked out, get him some pills or something. But theologian Charles Spurgeon writes that the young man was at that time in the, con- the peculiar condition of seeing and yet not seeing. When Elisha prays, he asks that the Lord opens his eyes that he may see, but he can clearly see the reality that is around him. It's not that he's got anything wrong with his earthly vision, but instead, he opens his eyes and he can see the army, the chariots and fire on the hills around Elisha. Was as in, It wasn't his earthly eyes that needed opening, but his heavenly ones. He could see the danger, but he couldn't see the deliverance. I know that there are people here today who can only see the danger in their life. I've been there myself. But God can show us our deliverance. And we can ask for this in prayer. We can expect to see it in prayer. And he doesn't just want to show us our deliverance once we've walked through it. He doesn't want to show us once we've gone through something so that we can turn back and see how great he was. But he wants to show us our deliverance before we go through it. See, he shows the servant the horses and chariots of fire whilst Elisha is still surrounded by the Syrian army. He can assure us of our deliverance before we go through it. We just have to ask. But the story isn't over. We're going to, re, we're going to jump back in and in verse uh, verse 18 it says, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told him, this is, told them, the army, this is not the road, this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria where the king of Israel is waiting. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so that they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. I find it really interesting that in one breath, Elisha asked God to take away, sorry, to open the eyes of his servant. And in the very next breath, he asked God to take away the vision of the army. And then he follows this up with a direction, a command to them, to follow him now Elisha again you didn't know how to count before but now you don't know how to get people to follow you they need to be able to see and here he is asking them to follow him on a 12 mile journey into another city I can't imagine that thousands of newly blind soldiers are going to be able to do anything let alone follow a stranger into another city it's really not going to work so clearly, God is changing what they see. Elisha marches them down the road and into the hands of king of Israel. And then he opens their eyes. It's an incredible story. Elisha is surrounded by an army whose aim is to capture him. But instead of panicking, he realizes that his God has him protected. He realizes that he is going to make his way through. See, when we pray bold prayers, not only do we see what God sees, but what other people see changes. But this isn't just, I want to encourage us today that this isn't just restricted to the prophets of the Old Testament. This isn't restricted to the the men of God in the Old Testament. I want to share a story from 1997. It's not about me, don't worry. I wasn't a two-year-old doing crazy stuff. But in May 1997, there was a Chinese house church leader whose name was Li Zhengying, or Brother Yun, as he was known. And he was imprisoned in the Zhengzhou Maximum Security Prison for sharing his faith, and along with some of his other colleagues. In the process of being arrested, he tried to escape by jumping out of a second-story window. Pretty, Pretty courageous, pretty bold but the police officers were one step ahead of him and they knew that that was the only way he was going to escape so they had a dozen soldiers waiting at the bottom right where he landed and having heard his feet on impact he then gets beaten by the soldiers, the police officers and they break his legs severely into multiple pieces so much so that he could no longer walk they get his friends to drag him into the prison and after about two, over two months in prison, he still is unable to walk. He's still being carried to the bathroom, being carried to meals. But he receives a word from the Lord that he's going to escape from this prison. And now is the chance. It's now or never. So he gets himself up, puts on his pants, and he, he's leaning against the wall, sliding towards the exit. And then eventually he needs to walk to the first gate. And as he goes, he, he gets healed as he walks. He's now walking normally. He, hadn't, he didn't, doesn't even notice until later when he reflects back that he's a healed man. But now he's walking to a locked gate. How is he going to get through? He gets there. The gate opens for him as one of his friends is being escorted back inside. And he, the phone rings, the guard leaves, and he just walks straight through the door. He eventually makes his way through the whole building out into the courtyard, Still unseen. And in the courtyard, he's worried because there's more officers and there's less people and he doesn't know how he's going to get through. But he takes a step of faith, followed by another one, followed by another one. He walks straight out onto the street and into a taxi to freedom. There was no way that he'd not been seen and yet there he was free. In his autobiography, he explains that at one gate, there was a guard who manned it 24-7. It was the most important gate in the building. But as he approached the gate, he writes, Somehow the Lord seemed to blind that guard. He was staring directly at me, yet his eyes didn't acknowledge my presence at all. I expected him to say something, but he just looked at me as if I was invisible. An investigation was later launched by the prison to work out how this crippled prisoner could escape a maximum security prison that nobody had got out of before. And yet the report found that he'd received no human help. When we pray bold prayers, God changes the way that other people see us. Before he had even taken his first step to escape, Brother Yun prayed a prayer of obedience. He said, I've heard you, Lord, and I'm willing to escape. And that he would obey him. But he finished his prayer praying that God would guard his soul and prepare it in case he was shot and died. When we pray bold prayers, we see what God sees and people see us in a different way. Maybe you're facing a situation where you don't see yourself the way God sees you and you need to be reminded of what he sees in your life. And instead, you're hearing the voices of other people around you, that you're no longer worthy of being loved or you're not good enough to amount to anything meaningful but instead we need to pray a bold prayer and God will remind us that we are worthy of love, that we are meant for something meaningful in our lives. Maybe you're facing a situation where all you can see is the negative circumstance and this is reinforced by those around you. Maybe your marriage is falling apart and everybody tells you that you should just cut and run. Or maybe your finances are snowballing out of control and people are telling you that it's it's all over. But maybe you need to pray a bold prayer. And not only will the way you see your situation change, but the way people see you in your situation will change. As we raise our voice in bold prayer and ask God that he may shift our perspective, the perspective of others changes so that God and the reality of his purpose for our life becomes known. Not just to ourselves, but to those around us. But Brother Yun's story also shows us the next part the next thing that can happen when we pray bold prayer. And that is that God will show us the way through. God showed Brother Yun the way to freedom. And this story seems eerily familiar. I know I've read it somewhere. And it's in Acts 12. We see how God shows Peter the way to freedom from prison as well. See, having just put James to death by the sword... King Herod now intends to have Peter killed following Passover to take a quick strike against the leaders of, this emerging, of the emerging church, this rebellious group who are creating problems. And so we pick up the, we pick up the story in chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 5. And it says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Two nights before Herod was plant, was to bring him to trial Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the entrance it uh, shone in the cell He struck Peter on the side and woke him Quick get up he said and the chains fell off Peter's wrists Then the angel said to him Put on your clothes and sandals and Peter did so Wrap your cloak around you and follow me the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. I don't blame him. He's just woken up. Would have been freaky. He thought he was just seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to an, to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of the one street, suddenly the angel left him the church was earnestly praying to God for him. This would have been an impressively bold prayer. James had just died, and they know that their other, one of their other leaders, Peter, is about to be killed by Herod. Two key leaders of this early church have been killed, and they must have been wondering what's going to happen to them next. And yet their answer isn't to run away and hide, but instead they gather together and they begin to pray. And it's through their bold action of prayer that Peter is shown the way out of his situation and into freedom. See, Brother Yun, he lived a bold life and he prayed a bold prayer. He was shown the way through his situation. Peter, through bold prayer, was shown the way through his situation as well. I'm here to tell you that when we pray bold, faith-filled prayers, we can expect them to be answered and we can expect God to show us the way through. See, maybe you need, a way, need to know the way through a situation that you're facing. Maybe the solution to a problem just isn't clear. Or maybe you have a decision that you're not really sure which way to go, and you need to know the way. Or maybe it's even quite worse. Maybe you're in a situation that is really desperate, and you need to know the way through. I'm here to encourage us that when we, when we pray bold prayers, and we truly believe in our heart that God has a way, He will show it to us. Now, the last thing that I want to say comes from our story right at the beginning, from our story with Elijah. That's right, I haven't forgotten about it, I didn't just read it to fill time. When we pray bold prayers, God will bring the fire into our lives. See, God is just waiting for us to ask. And when we do, He won't just light up our altar, but He will burn the stones. The rocks, the dust, and the water. See, unlike Baal, who Elijah joked was deep in thought, or asleep, or traveling, Elijah's God let his fire fall whilst the request was still being made. Our God will let his fire down on us. We just need to ask him to. Maybe you need some fire in your life this morning, and I want to encourage you to pray big, bold prayers. And I want you to truly believe that they will be answered because that is the key to our prayer. When we pray and have faith, they will be answered. I've experienced this in my own life. When I was trying to decide whether to come to Canberra or not, I was praying for clarity. And I spent a moment in my room, just worship music on, praying, trying to find out if I should go because it's a bit of a big decision. And I prayed to God that he would make it clear. And I felt him fill, fill me with his spirit. And I just knew in that moment, I had a peace. And he showed me a vision of me standing in front of a group of people that made it really clear that I should come to Canberra. See, in that moment, he filled me with his, with his fire. He showed me the way forward. And he sh- he, I was able to see what he saw for my future. See, when we pray bold prayers, we can expect them to be answered. And when God brings his fire in our life, that is the Holy Spirit. Just like in Acts, when the, the tongues of fire come onto the believers, here we have the, holy, the presence of God in this story with Elijah coming down into Israel and reminding them that he is their God. But the key to our bold prayer is in our faith. Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 17, verse 20, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. The same thing happens in our bold prayer. If we truly believe and have faith as small as a mustard seed, our bold prayers will will happen and will be answered. I'm going to invite the band up I want to encourage us this morning that when we pray and we have unwavering faith, no matter how small, we can expect our prayers to be answered, no matter how bold they are. I truly believe and I want to encourage us that when we pray bold prayers, not only will we start to see things the way God sees them, but we'll start to see the way through and God's fire His presence and His Spirit will come down and fill our hearts. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.